Okay, I think it is long past the point where I should have put another rant into this thing. The purpose of this one, though, is I'm warming up for an episode that I'm going to record probably in the next couple hours with Jack. We're doing a a Star Wars-themed, like, episodic horror series where where basically we're going to talk about some horrifying things in the Star Wars expanded universe and I'm going to make it kind of like the Twilight Zone so <clears throat> hopefully it pans out correctly I've done so much rehearsing for it I can nail down the Rod Serling voice I feel pretty decently, but I'm also going to add my own spin on it. <clears throat> so this is actually just kind of like a little thing to record and just warm up my voice as I prepare for what is the most complicated thing that him and I have done to date. I think if we can manage it the right way, we'll have some sound effects. Not like anything crazy. It'll just be background noise, but... Yeah, it's uh, this has been a months in the planning type thing, and we're finally going to record the first episode of it today, and then um, hopefully just get the the next. I think it'll be like six or seven episodes. They won't be very long podcasts. They'll be maybe twenty to thirty minutes, and it'll just be explaining these horrifying things. So yeah, that's a, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm also kind of reeling because my stomach is all weird right now because I've eaten some weird, weird, weird stuff today. Not that the stuff is weird. The combination of them is weird. I ate like half a bag of mango, not mango, habanero barbecue almonds, which are super good. I ate half a can of kimchi and then I ate like a little tin full of um, herring, like the fish. So I've had like herring, kimchi, and almonds today. So yeah, my stomach's just all like confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, the gastrointestinal thing. It's not like I'm like, it's not like drastic, crazy stuff. My stomach just feels weird right now, but whatever. Uh, yeah, it's my day off. It's nice. It's a, it's a nice cold day here in Utah. And you know what's not happened yet? Snow. It is November 11th and there is no snow on the ground, at least where I'm at in Utah. And I can see it up in the mountains. I can see it and I want to like throw myself into it but I can't because it's so far away. It has, it just, apparently it used to snow like every single year it would snow before Christmas here, but welcome to anthropogenic climate change. We have truly fucked up our planet so hard that we are pushing winter back. Whatever. Um, I know it's going to snow here pretty soon. I just can't wait.
it just looks like it. It's a real, it's a real cloudy day. It looks like it should be snowing, but it's not. It's, and it's annoying to me because I just want it already. It's like the opposite of a desert. Technically, though, Antarctica is considered a desert because a desert is classified as a desert based off of the precipitation it gets and and like how moist the atmosphere is. So because Antarctica is a frigid wasteland, the moisture in the atmosphere just freezes. So it's very dry and it doesn't get a lot of precipitation. So it's technically considered a desert. It's just a desert with snow. <clears throat> Instead of sand, it's snowflakes. So a little bit of information for whoever is listening. And also to whoever is listening, I see that I have some some new listeners here. Um, I think I last checked, like the person outside the United States was in Colombia. Now there's a person from um, Finland. And if you are a fan of F1 to that listener, I do like Valtteri Botas. And I have someone from the the good old United Kingdom, the motherland. <laughs> you know, the, the, the country that made this country. To you, um, you know, welcome and thank you for listening. I will try to put out more episodes because I know whoever is listening to it, I don't know who you are, but you probably want to hear some more stuff. And that's what I'm here to do. But yeah, so Austin is going global with his with his reach there's like another country i forgot it's probably like you know what let me let me check here will this stop though if it stops and you hear me just somehow cut off it's because oh yeah i can't leave okay whatever cancel whatever well there's like another country in there i'll give you a shout out probably in the next rant or at least in an ad read i don't know what else can I talk about? Oh, how about Dune? I would love to talk about Dune. So first, give me a second here to hydrate myself. <clears throat> Dune. <clears throat> this movie I have been waiting for since they announced it and i th i want to say they announced it in late 2019 because i remember i read the book i was still in arizona at the time i read the book for the second time just to prepare for it but then you know the rona happened and just threw the entire movie industry just <laughs> just threw it right off a cliff for being honest uh but it was something that I was very much looking forward to. It was the one movie that I needed to see in IMAX, and I did. And um, boy, did that movie not disappoint. That movie was in every sense of the word, a cinematic masterpiece. It, it is, it's the culmination of one guy, Denis, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It looks like like Villeneuve, and he's Canadian. He's like French Canadian, so it's like probably pronounced like Villeneuve or Villeneuve. I don't know. Denis 
Villeneuve. I'm just going to call him Villeneuve. And if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I don't care. He this this has been his project that he's been wanting to do. He's even on record saying like I did Arrival and Blade Runner, Sicario, and there's like some other movie he did called like a. That's kind of like a like a mystery thriller, but like he did all this stuff because he wanted to get his his repertoire up to do Dune because that has always been his his passion project. He read it when he was 13 years old. He's always wanted to just handle it the right way. So from the beginning, this movie was already in good hands. I was cautiously optimistic about it. I know at, the, at this point they are, they did green light part two, which is great because part one was insane, but that movie was just, it was a visual masterpiece not so much as blade runner 2049 because that movie to me is the gold standard of cinematography just because all of the like every single frame of that movie probably despite some like characters talking to each other scenes every single frame of that movie is a work of art blade runner 2049 is to me, the standard that cinematography should be held to. Like, if you want your movie to look good, look at that. And that's a Denis Villeneuve movie. Dune, it has its great cinematography moments. The environment of Arrakis is very, very well just made on screen. It just he just nails a a desert planet where there's one city and everything else is just a desert wasteland the sandworms oh i was actually kind of iffy about them because when we see the trailer the first trailer you actually see a sandworm you're like okay i like, i kind of get it but how they are in the movie it's like a completely different thing the first time you see one this huge, and okay, if you haven't seen it already, then some spoilers. So just skip, you should just skip this whole podcast because I think like the rest of it is just going to be like a Dune thing. So whatever, I don't care. But uh, yeah, the first, the first sandworm just is a massive one and it eats like this, this spice refining machine. And it just, it's such a big, insanely, just almost on some point, you can't even comprehend how huge this creature is. It just eats this this refine this this spice refining thing, and spice in that in that universe is what's used to, like uh, you can use it to see the future, um, because there's no mach- like there's no computers in that universe because of a whole a whole thing called like the Butlerian Jihad, where like machines back in the past of that universe they try to take over so humans like killed them and like so now like machines aren't allowed like you can't have a computer that can think like a human so navigators on ships use like spice to navigate so it's like it's a very hot item and it's only on this one planet and it's produced by the sandworms but the just everything about that movie 
with how they introduced that that story. I loved the depiction of Paul Atreides, Timothy Chalamet, Timothy, Timothy. But he has like this weird French name. It's like Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. It's like spelt weird. His name is spelled like T I M O uh, T H E E or something like Timothy. But he plays a really good Paul Atreides. And in the book, Paul's like a young kid that just gets thrown into this this pit of vipers, really. And well, his family does. And he eventually becomes like kind of a messiah figure. But Timothy Chalamet does a really good, really good job of being Paul. I think the best acting in that movie, though, goes to Oscar Isaac as Duke Leto, Paul's dad, because when you read the book, Duke Leto is just all about just continuing the Atreides line. He is there to do a duty. He's taking over the spice refinery from the Harkonnens, their rival faction, family, what have you. And the whole time that he is acting, you, he just, he, it's almost like he's just wearing like a weighted vest the whole time. You you can tell that he is just like, he has a lot going on. He has a lot of responsibility and Oscar Isaac just nails it. Just absolutely nails it. And <clears throat> the, uh, the actress that plays lady Jessica, she nails Paul's mom. Everything in that movie is just, so perfect and just like the sound just the sounds of that movie the sounds of the ornithopters like starting to you know spin up their wings which i didn't know how they would do that because in the books it's like yeah like it's basically it's a helicopter but it's like a dragonfly so it's like these wings just spin up and i was like how is he going to do an ornithopter in this day and age, a dragonfly type flying thing. And it just makes sense somehow in that movie. He just say, like, oh yeah, like the wings just start to suddenly vibrate. It's like, and it just, the sounds of that, the sounds of the weapons, the sounds of the sandworms, the environment, everything about it was just magical to see. I saw it in IMAX, so I probably got like the, well, that's how you're supposed to see it. I got the treatment of this is how you're supposed to see it. I saw it on opening day and uh, I saw it in IMAX. The soundtrack. Oh my God. Another just stellar 10 out of 10 soundtrack. Hans Zimmer, another Dune nerd apparently, has just been wanting to do a Dune soundtrack his whole life. So he actually went out and invented his own instruments for this movie so that he could do the soundtrack for this movie. And I don't know what he invented because it's it sounds very alien. He has like these weird drum things that just like for certain scenes, you just you hear like a and it's just like what? <sighs> I really need to see it again. I've only seen it, I just saw it on like the opening night, and I need to uh go out and actually watch it a second time. But I'm still 
I am still in awe and in shock. And it has been how many days since that got released? It was like October 22nd. I want to see. I think it's October 22nd since that movie got released. And I am still just like, I am still to this day, like just thinking about it and how much of a impact that movie has had. Just unlike, and I've read it twice. I already know what happens, but it's just like how Denis Villeneuve has taken this, this iconic, the book that when you look up the best sci-fi books ever, Dune is, if it's not number one, it's number two. You're you're always going to get like Isaac Asimov, Jules Verne, um, who else? Sci-fi writers. Oh, there's a guy to uh, Neil Stevenson with his like cyberpunk stuff. All these authors, all these giants in that genre, like they've never built the universe. Ian M. Banks, he's kind of built like a Game of Thrones type universe with his books, but they're like not, they're like kind of, they're, they're like loosely connected with each other. I don't know. But um, Frank Herbert, the guy who wrote Dune, he made this just insanely detailed future. And it's complex. If you read Dune, you read it and it's like you just get a lot of information about that universe. And it's very, very difficult to even think about putting on film. But Denis, he just, he just did it. He just like accomplished the impossible and like we're getting a part two. And I just wanted to give a, a really quick shout out. Oh, let me take a little more hydration thing here. <clears throat> I want to give a good shout out to my honors English three teacher, Mr. Rice, because it was in that class that I first read Dune. And the only reason I read it was because I was ahead in our reading. So we had to like read a book for like four weeks or something and like write about it. I got ahead. And so I, I like the next book on the docket, it was the Scarlet Letter, which like I would probably read now, but teenage me was just not, it, I was just bored with it. So I went up to my teacher, I went up to Mr. Rice and I said, Hey, uh, I'm ahead of the game. This book just isn't doing it for me. Is there like a sci-fi book I can read? Because when you get like the, like the curriculum book lists, when you're in honors English, it's always like, ah, like Wuthering Heights, maybe like a Charles Dickens book, um, Jane Austen for sure. Mark Twain, just like all, all like the, 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 you know, the household names. And so there's like not any sci-fi though. It's stupid. You read like a, like a dystopian book, like Brave New World or 1984 Fahrenheit. Uh, Was that 491, 451? I haven't even read that. So I don't even know. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I was ahead and I asked him like, can I read a sci-fi book? And he said, yeah, yeah, you can, but I have to choose it. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I don't care. And so he chose Dune. 
And he just, he gave that book to me to read. I picked it up from the library. He's like, yeah, look here, like go get it from the library. We have it here. I was like, all right, cool. I picked it up and I'm just like, oh my God, it's huge. It's like a 700 page book. I was like, whatever, man, like I'll read it. And I did. And uh, I just remember when I first started reading that book, just getting transported to a completely different world. And it was all thanks to Mr. Rice who just on a whim was like, yeah, you know what? You don't have to read the Scarlet Letter. If you want to read a sci-fi book, you can read Dune. And so he gave that to me to read. And I watched like the miniseries, the movie from like the eighties. I forget where them. I'm mixing the two up. I've watched both of them though. And like, they're pretty cool, but it's, it's really, it's very difficult to take that source material because it is so dense and so much it's it's hard to turn that into like a successful film and like Denise like finally done it it made a lot of money dune was successful it was so successful that like it got greenlit i want to say five or four or five days after it got released so yeah no shout out to mr rice for putting me on that path and knowing and just knowing that universe, it's just, uh, I wonder how much of this podcast has been about Dune. Because it's been 21 minutes so far. 21 minutes and 54, five, six seconds. Uh, yeah, I, I really cannot recommend another movie besides that to watch for anybody that's listening to this. If you haven't already seen it, if you have, go see it again because it deserves it. I don't like the people calling it, and I've seen this on TV when I'm watching football. Who I could, rah, I could talk about football. Um, I see like an ad for it, and it says like the new Star Wars and the Lord of the Rings is here. And right then and there, I have to just like put my foot down and be like, okay, hold up. Just hold up. First off, Star Wars is like a multi-generational powerhouse of sci-fi. And I'm not saying Dune will never be, it will never live up to that hype, but it's like, it's like comparing a, like my shitty Scion to a, like a Bugatti. It's like, this car could be a Bugatti or like this guy could maybe get a Bugatti. It's like, I mean, I could, but like, that's a very steep hill to climb. So, um, yeah. And for Lord of the Rings, are you kidding me? The return of the King is tied with the Titanic for most Oscars won. And those three movies are like, literal cinematic masterpieces in every sense of the word, like the acting, the costume design, the music, the setting, the story, all of it. The entire thing of War of the Rings is just beautiful. And it stands up to this day if you watch it. So to call Dune like the next Star Wars or War of the Rings is a little, uh, 
irresponsible, I think is a good word for it. <clears throat> I think it has the possibility to do that well, but um, I think people need to kind of pump their brakes a little bit. Say, all right, let's just kind of see where this goes. So we don't know. So I would just, I just wish people would stop comparing it to that. Sports-wise, though, um, the Patriots are doing finally a winning record. They're five and four. <clears throat> Mac Jones is the starting quarterback. I don't even know if I've talked about the Patriots since. I don't even know if I even talked about the Patriots on a single episode of this podcast. Probably not. Maybe I have. I don't know. But uh, yeah, five and four. So now they have a winning record, and this is how bad the AFC East is. Because the AFC East is the Bills, the Pats, the Dolphins, and the Jets. The Jets, you can always count on just being an absolute, total bathtub full of shit. They're never going to be good. Maybe I will be eating my own words one day, and they will, but... They have had every single opportunity to be as awful as they are and get really good draft picks, and they just throw them all away, and they truly do suck. I think the Jets are just cursed to suck. The Dolphins, they were supposed to do good this year, and they are just sucking. The Patriots are five and four, and the Bills, I want to say, are five and three. The AFC East right now is in such shambles that somehow the Patriots, with their rookie quarterback, have a shot at taking the AFC East against the Josh Allen Bills, who just lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The, until then, one in six or seven, they've only won one game. Now they're like two and seven or two and six. The Bills lost to that team. And it's like the losses for the Patriots have been against the, the Buccaneers. The only reason they lost against that was because like they kicked a field goal and it just barely didn't go in. They could have beaten Tom Brady and Foxborough if they just would have made that field goal. So it was a close game. They fought hard, and it wasn't like a blowout. They lost against the Cowboys. It wasn't a blowout, and they fought hard. And that's like another good team. So to me, it's looking like New England can let the Bills just have their one year of being the AFC's champions, and they might take it back. The Bills play the Jets next, though, so like they're definitely going to win that because there's no way the Jets are going to win against them. Um, the Jets are just such a, like I said, just such a tub of shit. It's just a bad team. They just suck so bad. They've never really been good. Like They've gotten to the playoffs. Like, maybe twice? But they've never, like, they've just always been bad. Like, they just always have, like, a losing record. The Dolphins, who knows what's going to happen with them. And I don't want to, like, you know, talk about the Patriots here and go, oh, they're just going to fucking win it all. Because, like, they might not, and they probably won't. And I really don't think 
like like some of the other AFC East teams, like Baltimore is doing really good. The Packers, oh, that's NFC. Um, uh, the Chiefs are the Chiefs kind of suck too. The AFC right now, and like at this point in time, is just like not doing good. NFC looks great. You got TB12 just tearing it up over there and basically just he's on his way to his eighth. His eighth Super Bowl ring. Yeah, he's on his way. And you have, uh, I mean, up until like the whole recent controversy with Aaron Rodgers, like you had the Packers, they were 7-1. and one, And they lost to the Chiefs, barely. That should have been a blowout for the Chiefs, but whatever. That's how much they suck. Uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a, this is a weird season. It's just a really weird season, but, uh, I'm just excited that the Patriots have a chance to take back the AFC East. We'll see what the bills do. It just depends on both of those teams. If the bills were playing any other team than the jets come Sunday, like I would say, oh, well, we're going to be like in first place, but, uh, they're playing the Jets, so they're going to win that one. And I think New England's playing uh, – who is New England playing? Let's see here. I know they have like a kind of like challenging schedule, but not too bad coming up. Let's see here. Oh, they're playing the Browns. Uh, see, now like I don't even know how I feel about that. Like they could lose. Oh, whatever. I need to stop this so I can do a little ad read here. And I'm back. And I forgot I was talking about. I know it was about the Patriots and something. And they're playing the Browns. And the Bills are playing the Jets. So, yeah, just uh, the Bills are definitely going to win that. The Patriots mm, could lose that one, but they could win it. They do, they do have some injuries. So we'll see what happens. Uh, this is a, a lot longer of a rant than I thought it was going to be. And I still have things I could talk about, like work. Oh, goodness gracious, the work that I'm doing. Oh, being the designated business owner of the toy section in the Target at South Jordan, Utah, the one place where it is just growing exponentially in terms of families moving in around the area. My God, my sales have been compared to last year, like a lot more in terms of monthly thing. I think I'm 20 or 30% more than last year. I haven't checked the weekly thing. Uh, just everybody here has kids and a lot of them. They're worse than Catholics. Catholics are just like, yeah, uh, don't wear a condom and don't use birth control. And like you have some kids and Mormons though are like, don't do that. But and I don't know if this is real. This could be a rumor. So I could be wrong. But I think the church pays you to have kids. So you have all these moms coming in here. They all have four or five kids. So all four or five of those kids have birthdays. They have friends who have birthdays that are like, like every single day is a birthday, basically. So 
these kids are coming in and they need to choose either a present for themselves or a present for their friend. And right now it's almost Christmas time. So all these kids are just going to get all these, and like the kids here are the most spoiled, rotten kids I've ever even, I just, I can't even really comprehend it. The people here are the most entitled. They're just, white entitled housewives that come in and they just like spend loads of money, just loads of money that they didn't earn. Maybe they did. I don't know. They could have like some kind of side hustle going on, but if you're raising five kids, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, they just come in here and they just spoil their kids. And I've never experienced it that way. I've just, I've never experienced anything like this. It's, it's very eye opening. Um, the entitlement that is here in Utah. It's, uh, there's just a lot of stuff going on here. Um, it's a great state. I love it, but there's just a lot of entitlement, uh, spoiled kids. I'm probably seeing this through a biased lens, which I will admit right here, right now. Yeah, I, I definitely am. I'm looking at it through a, a specific lens and through a specific frame. And so that's why I call them like entitled. I don't, I really like when I see these, these ladies at the store, I really don't know what their, what their story is. And it's not right of me to judge them. So that being said though, I'm going to judge them because they look like that. Like this is also one of the highest states in terms of uh, like plastic surgery. So I see a lot, of, I just see like these chicks that look like, like the real housewives of like whatever, like they have like these fake looking lips and like boob jobs and just like they come in there and just act like they're better than everybody. <laughs> it's, it's actually really funny to me. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I wish I had your life. I wish, I wish that I was a, I wish I was a housewife. I really do. I wish that I could just have my wife go off and earn a just shitload of money. I wouldn't even care. I know some guys are like, oh, I need to earn more than my wife. I need to be the provider, blah, 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 America. Trump 2024, like all that dumb shit. Like, I don't, I, I would love if I married a chick that made a lot more than I did. And she made so much that it meant that I could literally sit home and do nothing all day. I would be a stay at home dad in a heartbeat. I would be, I would totally be a stay at home dad. What do I got to do all day? Um, wake up. I mean, I got to deal with the kids all day. So that's like a stress level or two, uh, probably go gray a little bit faster, but, um, yeah, I got to wake up, feed the kids and then drag them to target at 10 o'clock in the morning. Cause I have nothing else better to do with my life. Go there and meet up with the other parents that don't work and just chat in the toy section. Oh yeah. You know, blah, 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 blah. We were thinking about enrolling Timmy here in like the soccer program, but we figured out that the, uh, that the, the, the guy that runs it, nah, he's not a very good guy. Oh yeah. We don't like his politics. Blah, blah, blah. Like, just like to, just be able to do that. My hatred of these ladies comes from a point of jealousy. 
because I really, really, really would like to have that life. I'm sitting here working my ass off and they have nothing else better to do than just like go to Target. They don't even buy their kids stuff. They just walk through. It's like, oh yeah, I'll take a picture of it, sweetie. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I want this, mommy. I'm just like, oh, well, maybe next time. Maybe Santa will get it for you. Like, that's all they do. Oh. I know it's probably a lot harder than I am making it out to be, but it's... I mean, that can't be a very hard job. I don't know, though, because I've never had kids. And like, you know what? Maybe... One day when I have my own, I will look back at this podcast and be like, Jesus, well, that aged like milk. This is harder than I thought. And if I if that happens, then I will make a I will make an apology on here. Not an apology. I'll just uh, make a correction. Like, yeah, I uh, I said some things in the past, and uh, I was wrong. But I am admitting right now that there's a possibility that I may be wrong. So there we go. Uh, little hydration session here real quick. Yeah, so work has just been, it's been, uh, it's been getting better. I uh, <clears throat> may or may not be, probably more on the May side, be moving up the ladder here at Target. I just got to get through this holiday season. And then see what my options are. So we'll see what happens with that. I think on that note, I'm just going to end this here. So that's that's my rant, everybody. That's my rant for making up. It's it's long. This is like eh, almost 40 minutes long. This will make up for the weeks and months that I have not released one of these, but. I'm also going to be releasing a very special Star Wars related um, horror themed podcast later on today. So you're getting two of them. So to my listeners in Colombia, the UK, Finland, and that other country that I cannot think of right now. You're getting two episodes today, so... Count your blessings. <laughs>